Yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the All Pro Dropos, where we bring you the highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fam. I am your host, JP. Hey, yo. And with me, as always, the 610 beast from the Southeast, Mr. Country K. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. And I uh, appreciate you guys for hanging out with us on this Friday evening. This episode is helped, brought to you by Groundbreaking Enterprises, a prime real estate company ready to buy your house as is considered selling. Call Groundbreaking Enterprises at 510-646-7891 and get your free no-obligation offer now. Sell your home with Groundbreaking Enterprises. Uh, appreciate, again, you guys being with us on this Friday I uh, got a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to the NBA, as well as the A7FL. Uh, let's get right down to it. Um, NBA talks will end off on the A7FL today. Um, but, Country K, thoughts? Chris Paul going to the Warriors. Um, He going to be a backup? Good veteran spot for him. Um, I mean, because they was – and the Suns did what was best for them, I mean, to try to get a, another high player for they in their mind. Um, overall, honestly, overall, that whole three-team trade, I still think that the Washington Wizards won the trade. Really? Everyone said, yeah, everyone says that Boston won the trade, the big trade, like throughout all these trades. I just really went to the whole – thing you know what i mean because washington's a part of the whole mess madness but right. yeah so i think that washington won the trade people say they didn't but i'm like they got a lot of depth you know what i mean a lot of you know what i'm saying a lot of older players that understand their role they got a whole bunch of other stuff even removing chris paul and sending them out here that's fine for chris paul it helps him with his psyche you don't have to have everything on him like i was saying when we talked about it i'm like everything was always on chris paul and his body breakdown you see what I'm saying? That's kind of what the fuck it was. And and throughout age and time, they, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what fucked him. But as far as this right here, he going to have a lot of youth, a lot of shit like that. Um, to get to your Draymond point, I think Draymond did that shit to be able to give space for people so they can get better players. Then he'll resign to a lower deal, something team-friendly with a shitload of years. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I don't really oh. see Draymond leaving. Yeah, I mean, I said that shit – Almost 10 years ago, this man can't do shit for no other team. And that's when they were good. I mean, <laughs> if, it, if it happens, it happens. But yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see Draymond doing it. Nah. Huh. <laughs> what? What happened? Oh. Oh. Um, but, uh, I mean, since we've had that conversation as well, when it came to like, uh, Damian Lillard going to Miami and stuff, you know, you had said that Dame would be a perfect fit. Now at this point, the talks for Damian Lillard, the Lillard going to Miami are getting louder and louder as the days go by. And I mean, if it happens, I mean, I'm sure you're going to be ecstatic about it. Yeah. 
But even with Dame, do you need another piece? Well, I mean, all right, so if we get Dame, that'd be amazing. It's just more the fact of well, what are we losing? Because they keep saying Tyler Hero and shit like I, I I was gonna say I do feel like uh <coughs> Tyler Hero might be the move that they make to send him out to minimize what they would have to give up. So, like, for instance, if they gave up Tyler Hero, they probably give up, like, Tyler Hero plus one or two picks, maybe one other player. But if you don't do Tyler Hero, you're actually going to have to probably give up a slew of role players. No, I don't think that's the case. I mean, everyone is saying that, but I don't, like, no one's making it make sense as far as explaining because you people keep weighing Dame so heavy. Yes, Dame is amazing. Dame is nice, but Dame is also 34. Tyler Hero's in his 20s and he's sixth man of the year right now. So then so then let me ask you this. If it came down to either getting Dame Lillard and trading away Tyler Hero or keeping Tyler Hero and missing out on Dame Lillard, which one would you choose? I'm not going to answer that question like that because, that I mean, because you're going off talent off talent. Dame didn't leave so much longer than Tyler. No, no, no. I, I, I asked because, like you said, you know, Dame being 34, Tyler Hero being a lot younger. Right. Me personally. I would look at Tyler Hero as one of those foundational pieces of your team. You have Jimmy Butler, you have Tyler Hero, you have, you know, uh, Bam, and you, uh, that's the top three that are popping into my head right now. Uh, Jimmy, Tyler Hero, Bam, and we got Caleb Martin right now. Mm. Uh, and so it's like, like I said, we do got a bunch of role players, but again, I would rather trade up role players and get picks and get Dame and Tyler because, you know what I mean? Like, so what would you give up? What would you give up for Dame in order to get? It ain't going to make sense. What, what would you give up for Dame in order to keep Tyler Hero? I mean, I would sign and trade Maxi Struess and, and Victor Oladipo. Those are I'll trade probably a first because, you know I mean, a first, maybe two. You don't think you'd have to add Duncan Robinson into that mix? Because I feel like you're trying to not, like you're quietly trying to not give up Duncan Robinson either. No, I mean, Duncan Robinson, he's a shooter, but he don't really have much value after that. I mean, he's a role player who specializes in shooting. A lot of teams need that. A lot of teams that's able to mask him defensively, that's not super young. Portland right now is super young. You don't have the defensive pieces to be able to, to mask him. Like, get away with that? Yeah, that's what Miami does. We mask him with defensive, a whole bunch of defensive guys behind him. Like the other four guys got both their two-way players majority of the time. 
when Duncan's so on the floor. So then what would be a team that's good defensively that could use Duncan Robinson's talents? The reason why I ask this is because <laughs> – That's your answer. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, the, the, the reason why I ask is because, you know, three-team, four-team trades and stuff like that, that's a possibility in the NBA. So that's what I'm saying, like, it, to sweeten it or kind of add another team into the deal to kind of make sure that you get Dame, what team would you want to bring in that would probably fit that mold? Because I honestly, bro, I'm, I'm if you don't, I'll be surprised and actually somewhat happy for you because you guys got away with it. But for some reason. In my head, in order to get Dame Lillard, you're going to have to get rid of either Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. One of those Why? two you're giving up. Why? Why do you feel I, that way? It just, the the value of both the players and how Portland would definitely perceive it, you know they're going to ask for picks and stuff like that too. So think about but what if, But if it's Portland, but if you're asking another team to kind of come in for it and give maybe something that will sweeten that deal as well, I feel like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero with the value that they bring coming off the bench and young being young players, you'll get more value out of them than you will the other players. That's just how I mean I could be wrong. It's your team. You tell me how you see it. You're still on mute if you're talking. No, I, I wasn't talking. Uh, I was I'm trying to get instructions because I'm grilling right now at the same time. And, you know what I mean, trying to give instructions uh, to my homegirl so she can do the shit I'm supposed to be doing right now because I'm here talking with you. Um, but to answer your question, um, Um, so sorry to answer your question. Um, I feel like, um, if we did all of that, because you really got to think about it like this, get a Tyler hero, two first round picks and another guy to get Dame to get one guy. That's an Anthony Davis type trade. Anthony Davis in his late twenties. Dame's in his mid-30s. By the time the season starts, buddy, probably 35. You think you'd have to give up two first-rounders? I, I think we'd give up two first-rounders if we give if we give him a signing trade for Maxi, or we did Maxi and Oliver Depot and give him a first to get, you know what I'm saying? Because Victor Oliver Depot could play that role. Yeah, but if you're the Heat, I guess – is it because you have have a young, pretty good core that you don't really mind giving up the first two rounds? No, it's because if you think about it, we get Dame, one, the whole dynamic going to switch. So we're going to be super fucking good. You get what I'm saying? So that first year, our first round pick going to be super fucking low. It's going to be in his 20s or 30s. You get what I'm saying? So then if you fucking go to the second year, if we got Dame both years, Dame okay. would they're out of the league if like just say hypothetically Miami wins the ring right next year with Damian Lillard and we still got Jimmy Tyler Hero and Bam right we win the ring with that squad oh and Duncan Robinson as well we win the screen the ring with that squad and then we fucking go to the next season Dame's gonna be an older player we're gonna probably 
Gabe Vincent to be emerging because he'll actually learn from a guy that can go get 60 any fucking night. And then Dame will probably be the starter that last year, the second year. It'd be, it'd be like Tom Brady. Two years and then Dame will probably be out of the dough. But then why why wouldn't why wouldn't you feel comfortable giving up Duncan Robinson and that type of deal? Because if you're getting Dame Lillard, you're not necessarily losing the shooting aspect. Dame Lillard is just as good as Duncan Robinson at shooting the three, if not better, if in my opinion. Yeah, Dame. Dame I was so that's what I'm saying. Like if you give up Duncan Robinson, you're not really losing anything other than a, a good bench player. I got that, but Dame also drives and kicks as well and we need shooters to do that so if we lose mm-hmm. two of our fucking shooters dame driving he ain't gonna be able to shoot the three and drive at the same time you know what i'm saying he's gonna be throwing that bitch to himself yeah <laughs> you yeah. see what i'm saying so the driving kick gotta be to somebody granted it could be to caleb martin you get what i'm saying it could be to all of these guys but i don't think caleb martin showed us enough to be able to be like all right fuck it we'll just rock with him and let tyler hero go hell no you see what I'm saying? Like I've I've literally watched Tyler Hero fucking in the NBA Finals against the fucking Los Angeles Lakers go fucking off. You get what I'm saying? In the NBA Finals as a rookie, so he's been in that environment already in the bubble, and then this year he had to literally watch his team play in the finals because he broke his hand. He's gonna come back with a vengeance. That that's me being a fan at that point with the vengeance part, but. As far as, like I'm saying, as the team thinking about our team, I personally, like I said, I wouldn't give up one of those guys. I would try to, I would try my absolute best because, again, it's Pat Riley. People got to think about that. Pat Riley ain't just doing no dumb shit. And on top of that, people also continue to say what they're saying because of the, the guys we had. We had so many guys that was how they put undrafted. You know what I'm saying? Which that's, again, disrespectful. But, again, they're making it seem like – Everybody's saying fuck them picks. You know what I'm saying? Like how the fucking Dolphins or the fucking Chiefs, you know what I mean? Say, well, no, I won't necessarily say the Chiefs, I'll say the Dolphins. But how people are saying, that's kind of what people had a mentality of, like fuck them picks. And I'm not with that shit. Well, I mean, how can you not have that mentality when, again, and we talked about it before, <laughs> the the talent pool in the drafts and stuff like that these last, you know, five to ten years, honestly, after the first three, five picks, there's a big drop-off. So if you know your team is going to be in the bottom half of the draft, like, teams in the NBA don't value first-round picks and all that kind of stuff, like, like NFL teams and stuff like that do. The way things are handled in the NBA are very different when it comes to the draft. It's looked at very differently when it comes to the draft. I'm well aware. But, again, the norm has not root success for a lot of people. You get what I'm saying? The Most of the teams that's won, i.e. the Warriors or the current champions, the Nuggets, their picks are the reason why they won. They've done it through the draft. They've developed. Yeah. That's the reason why they won. And anybody knows that. It's the Warriors. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you can't really just discredit that. That's why I say a lot of people go off of the norm, like, fuck them picks. But that shit didn't root success for a lot of them guys. Like, the only team, the last team that did fuck them picks, and it worked out for them, was the Lakers. And that was 2020. Before that, you can't really, like, you, you know what I mean? 
because the Warriors. Yeah, most most of the teams, especially like you said with the Warriors and everything, everyone's like, oh, "Well, the Warriors were a super team too." Yeah, but the thing that differentiated the Warriors from everybody else was the fact that their super team was drafted and developed, not yeah. not fucking bought. You know, I mean. I granted, granted when they added KD and everything like that to the mix and they their owners and GMs said, fuck it, we'll pay the luxury tax. We don't give a fuck as long as we're winning championships. I don't give a shit. But that again, was the mentality for the Warriors. That wasn't a trade. They had they, he didn't have to give up picks. And that well, and not, that not KD was a free like they brought in a free agent, a bigger right. piece from the outside. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but I'm I'm just trying to just reiterate the point. So again, he they weren't they didn't trade for KD. They literally got him in free agency. So it's like they got to think about people got to really understand like what's going on. Like that's why Boston when they got Krizingas, they still got two first round picks. You see what I'm saying? Like it was just like shit. You know what I mean? Wait, they got the Celtics got two first rounders as well as Porzingis? Yeah, they got one this year and one next year. And all they had to give up was Marcus Smart. And uh, I think it was one other guy. I didn't know it was that deep. Holy shit! Yeah, that's why I had sent the full thing. Like, like the- I knew, I knew Przingis went to the, the. I was like, damn, Przingis to the Celtics. Yeah, I'm Gallinari like- and uh, 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 what's my boy name? The guard got a little afro. Forgot my boy name, but uh, they sent him and the guard to Washington. And Washington got a first round pick this year, and all the Grizzlies got was a Marcus Smart. Celtics won that trade, sure. I don't I don't believe so. You don't think so? No, I still think the Washington Wizards won that trade. Because they I got think Jordan Poole. That what else? Well, they got Jordan Poole because of Chris Paul trade. <laughs> Chris Paul was a Washington Wizard for like a breakfast meal and then left. I mean, if you add Jordan Poole into that mix, I definitely think Washington won that trade. I definitely think Washington won that trade if you put him in the mix, because you definitely got a you got a backup three or starting three in Gallinari. Yeah, but I would say they won the trade if Bradley Beal was still on the team, but that's not the case. Fuck no. They won that <laughs> right now because Bradley Beal didn't have depth. It was always Bradley Beal and a bunch of bullshit. You see what I'm saying? Or Bradley Beal and Westbrook and a bunch of bullshit. Well, okay, so then now that Bradley Beal has gone to the Suns, what do you think the Suns look like now? Like they did last year, a team that's nice as fuck in the starting five, but they fucking bench ain't got shit. That's exactly what the fuck they gonna look like this coming season, unless unless they just do some miraculous shit, unless they owner just start fucking like fucking. I'm gonna go in my real money. I mean, I don't know. When I saw Bradley Beal going to the Suns, I was like, oh. Oh, that might. So basically at that point, what I thought the Suns should start doing as soon as they got Bradley Beal is looking to add defense and depth. Because you got all the fire offensive firepower you need with Beal, KD, and Booker. So at that point, you need to get better on the defensive side of the ball and get more into your bench, whether that be draft picks, free agents, trade, whatever it is you need to do. But that should be the sole effort of what the the Sun should be doing right now. If they want to have a chance, because we've already seen you can't just be an offensive juggernaut 
to win. You have to have defense too. You know, look at the Kings. You know, they had the the highest um the highest average amongst any team in NBA history on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively and rebounding and everything else like that, they couldn't handle it. You know, so you end up losing, especially in a seven-game series. Offense will only take you so far. You have to play defense. You know, because nobody is 100% from the field. Nobody. You're going to miss shots. So you need to have the defense to be able to kind of make sure the other team misses too. You know, so with with the Suns, defense is a big thing. I thought Przingis to the Celtics was good, and they get two first-rounders. I think, I mean, when you talk about future look, you know, that's not bad. They're trying to, it's definitely showing, especially since they got rid of Smart, that, you know, they're building the team one around Jason Tatum. You know, he's their franchise. And Porzingis hopefully can, I mean, he was he was he was in in Washington, right? He, that's where they just got him from. Yeah, he was in the Wizards, but he just like bro, Kristaps. To be real with it, Kristaps ain't been playing up to par, bro. He really had. I was just about to say he hasn't been that great. Like when he was with the Knicks, it was like holy shit. Yeah, and then when they, and then when Dallas made the trade to go get him to team up with Luca, everyone was talking about oh shit. This could be Steve Nash and fucking uh, Dirk Nowitzki 2.0 style of stuff. And then he didn't pan out in Dallas. He went to Washington and he was just getting over an injury when he went to Dallas because he fucked he fucked himself up when he was in New York. That's when it what really happened. He got old New York and he'd been trying to get over an injury. So, so this may be this may be a chance to revitalize the career and, and and be exactly what everyone initially thought he was going to be. I didn't see the Wizards this year, so I didn't. You know what I'm saying? So I can't really tell you how he played, but they said he played well this year. And I think with the Celtics, with what they have, he could be a good fit. I don't know how good. I just know he could be good. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he's over the injury bug and everything else like that, and he. You know, because I'm not going to lie, Perzingis was actually kind of fun to watch when he was in New York. You know, that dude was fucking balling out. Uh, but, I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see what he does with, with, with the leprechauns in Boston. Um, Marcus Smart to Memphis. How do you feel about that one? I mean, it really ain't going to do much. Ain't going to do much. They're going to be better. As a team, they're gonna take a step forward, but they ain't gonna really do much. That's an upgrade from Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks played the three and the four though. Marcus Smart a one and a two, so I mean, not really. Marcus Smart's a much better defensive player though. He can cover more ground. He could he could guard a three and a four. Yeah. Were you shocked at all at uh, Middleton declining the player option with the Bucks? He could be doing the same thing Draymond doing. 
declining it, trying to get the pieces around and signing a team-friendly deal? Yeah, testing. He probably really testing his free agency market, but he really want to be in Milwaukee, like seeing what, like who really wants me, what's my real value. But for real, for real, I want to be in Milwaukee. Bro. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> if he left, I feel like that <laughs> that would be a blow. Yeah, it'd be over with. Like at that point, I think if Middleton left, it'd be only a matter of time before Giannis leaves. Well, nah, Middleton leave. They might well blow it up and try to keep Giannis and get more pieces around Giannis so he won't leave. But if they don't do anything, they better do something. But it's, it's still kind of early, so we'll see what happens. But Ladies and gentlemen, you guys are listening to the all pro for those who are um, watching us live on YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Appreciate you guys and those listening on Spotify, the All Pro John Films, highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan. Talking about the NBA right now and everything that's been going on. Um, Victor Wembanyama going to the Spurs. Now. Part of me reading everything, so everybody's making the comparison of uh, them drafting like a David Robinson and a Tim Duncan. But then I look at film, the way they talk about it, you know, the generational talent and everything else like that. There's something, there's something that throws me off with agreeing with that. And I don't know what it is. Um, it, from, from what I've seen, it just, I'm trying to figure out what everybody means by generational talent. Like what? What are what are we classifying as generational talent? Because when you talk about size, he's not very big. He's like another Chet Holmgren. He's really tall, but he's lanky as fuck. So he's not going to be like dominating anybody, like down in the post or that. Like it just he's going to rely have to rely more on finesse moves rather than actually backing people down. But have you say, seen anything about him that would indicate the hype is what it should be? Because people are talking about San Antonio, you know, rising up from the ashes again, you know, with this pick. Have you seen anything that makes you agree or have you seen anything that makes you disagree? Because there's... I don't know what it is, man, but there's something about it. I, I, I don't know if I agree yet. Well, he's nice. That's first. He's nice. He's tall. He does what guards do at a very extreme 
height and it doesn't look unnatural. It looks like when K when KD hoops, it looks natural. Mm. But when when KD hoops, you forget that KD is seven feet tall doing that shit. <laughs> it's like like what like you know what I mean? Like once you process what's actually going on, you know what I mean? Like it's like holy fuck, like he's you know what I mean? Like he's doing shit. <laughs> I mean, when they when they talk about him, they're saying like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's been trained by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar." I'm like, "Who? Kareem?" That makes sense. That Kareem? That makes sense. Six-time champ, MVP, captain. Yeah, makes that sense. Kareem. Makes sense. Bro, when I heard that, I was like. Hold on, he's learning from one of the top three centers of all time. Second in NBA scoring. Just passed, literally this past season. And he did it without threes for the most part. So Let's not forget that. Playing a little over 20 years, no three-pointers. All of those points were from the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, and again, the the six rings, the MVPs, what he did in college, you know, was was unheard of and everything at the time. What he did over there at UCLA, no one's ever done what he's done since. You've got that guy training you. It makes me think, like, okay, with with the story that goes around with it. It makes you think, I mean, shit, yeah, with the tra- – I mean, you would think with his size and ability and stuff and being trained by one of the best centers of all time, yeah, you better hope he's a generational talent. I just – I don't know what it is because I have a very different perspective on what I think a center is. But then – I also got to remember that the times are changing and the way the big men play the game is evolving. Well, I feel like you're still behind if you say changing. Times have changed multiple times <laughs> since your thought process. Of- like, bro, when I think when I think of centers, I think of guys like Shaq. I think of that's, the that's big dominating right. forces that just get – you can't stop them in the – Akeem Olajuwon, all these like – you. Badass fucking centers getting in there, getting the rebounds, dunking on dudes, just opposing their will on people. That's what I think about when I think of a center. That center has been gone a long time. That's what I'm saying. Like that that guy's been long gone, man. Long gone. They don't. They it's don't. Sad. Have- that was a fun brand of basketball. Well, yeah, but again, this shows this type of basketball now. They have more skill. It is true. So. With that being said, a guy seven five doing things as a guard, yeah, he's a generational talent because the generation seven five, yeah, seven five, yeah. So again, he'd be with Popovich. The only thing that he would fucking need is size because he would have the understanding of the game. So that's why people say he's a generational talent. Look at where he's going. With the ability he currently has, and then now have the coaching that With he has. Coaching? Oh my God. That's that's why people are saying what they're saying. 
I mean, I hope so, man. Like, I, I really do. You know, me being a Spurs fan and everything else like that, I just... And people are going, what the fuck, you're a Spurs fan now? Look, look, people. People. Okay. I'm a Spurs fan, and I have been since I was a kid. I'm from around that San Antonio era. I've watched the David Robinson Championships, the Tim Duncan Championship. I, I've seen, you know, all of that. So I grew up a Spurs fan. When I moved to the Bay Area, I kind of fell in love with the Warriors because at the time, and we'll get to the deja vu point, at the time, they were shit. They were dog shit. Nobody gave a fuck about the Warriors. Nobody wanted to play for the Warriors. They were dog shit. And then comes the 07 We Believe team. And that team made me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm on the Bay Area, so I'm going to see, like, if I'm going to choose a team out here. I'm still a Spurs fan, but if I'm going to choose a team out here, I'm going to choose the Warriors. And then down the way and stuff like that, they started getting good winning championships. Cool. Since I moved out here to SAC now, I'm not saying I'm a diehard or anything like that whatsoever, but I like the team. I like what the Kings have done. They were another one of those lovable loser style teams. But watching this team being in the area, living out here and stuff like that, it made me, you know, a bit of a fan of the Kings. So I guess I'm a product of my environment. Yeah, go ahead. Give me the look all you want. I'm a product of my environment if I if I really got to think about it. But it is what it is. And those are the teams. And I would like to see the Spurs back to. Because the NBA is more fun when the Spurs are good. That's what I think. Um, this might add another, what, 10 years to Popovich's career? That's if he only has a 10-year career. You got to remember, Tim Duncan played 20 years. Well, I mean, at least when I say another 10 years, that means like, you know, yeah, Wimbanyama himself will probably play longer than that. But I mean, the age at one point will catch up to Pop. Oh, yeah. And sure. he's going to and he's going to he's already got the record of the most wins and everything else like that. There's nothing, you know, he's got the championships. You know, he may want one or two more and stuff like that to just kind of solidify as, you know, quote unquote, the greatest coach um, in NBA history. But, I mean, he's going to need more than that, especially to beat somebody like Phil Jackson and, you know, Pat Riley, you know, the stuff that they did um, during their coaching tenures. But Pop is up there. You know, he gets – I feel like in, in that 10 years, if they get one or two more championships, I think he'll be good. He'll be good to pass on the reins after that. I don't know to who, but – I think at that point, he'll just ride into the sunset. Um, but I felt I felt like if the Spurs didn't get this pick, then it would have been a matter of time before Pop called it quits. I think if they didn't get Wimbanyama, then 
within the next year or so, you would have probably seen Pop retire. But now that he's on the team, that's what I'm saying, it probably extended his career another 10 years. You know, just to see what he can get out of it championship-wise and the opportunity to coach yet another quote-unquote generational talent at the center position. Um, so, yeah, man, a lot of shit's been going on in the NBA. And a lot of things are moving around, and a lot more things are going to be moving around um, up until the next part of the season. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. Next year's already starting to look pretty pretty different. And it's actually kind of funny because no, they're already talking down on the heat. So it's like... Good Lord, have you guys not learned your lesson? You know, all the shit that you guys talk about, the Miami Heat, and then they go and make it to the finals. It's like, come on now. It's like, let's let's be real. The team is actually legit. But uh, before we get moving any further, ladies and gentlemen, we get a message out from our friends over at Raise Energy. What's up, Joppo Army? JP here, the All-Pro Joppos, bringing you a message from our proud partners over at Raise Energy. Raise Energy takes a giant leap of faith with instilling a high-quality formula to bring the consumer a powerful yet sustained energetic experience to help us put your workouts and focus in general to the very next level. Perfect for anyone at any time, Raise Energy has become the most popular, the best-rated energy drink on the market to date with a phenomenal flavor profile that puts most of the competitors just downright to shame. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Raise Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink profile that aids in the most often overlooked categories, which include targeted focus, enhanced recovery time, as glycogen becomes depleted, improve clean energy levels, boost in stamina, and in hydration. Most importantly, each can of Rays has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, zero carbohydrates to give you a smarter and healthier option. You should not have to drink or settle for any other energy drink that contains more sugar and carbohydrates than you can count. Instead, Opt for the smart choice with the number one fan-voted energy drink on the planet with Ray's Energy Drink. Use the promo code AlphaRays at checkout to get 15% off of your order. Demand more. Join the Ray's Rebellion. Let them know the Jaffo sent you. Hey, um, <laughs> do the Denver Nuggets have what it takes to repeat as champions? No. No? Why not? I mean, they got a good team, but... Everything's rotating. They barely 
they barely snuck out a lot of situations. Like, they beat us 5-1, but those 5-1, like, a lot of those games were really close. Like, they blew us out, what, twice? Out of those five games, yes. And then we took one? Like, come on. And then the series before that, absolutely dominating and sweeping the Lakers. So, I, I don't, I don't see it. Lakers was pretty much spent because they burnt all their energy just getting to the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? They had to fight, like they bench and stuff had to fight. So all of the guys they needed to rely on, they pretty much was spent energy wise. Say the same excuse for the the heat, <laughs> the heat, but they made it at least to the finals. Yeah, but at the same time, again, they they had like I said, we had a lot of situations where it played out in our favor. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. That's true. So when you but have you don't think the the Nuggets have what it takes to be in the fight again within the next few years. I mean, they'll be in the fight, probably being top in the West and stuff like that, probably being the West Conference Finals or again a uh, series before it. But nah, I don't see it happening. I don't know, man. I think they might have a chance because they have a good nucleus of guys too. So I don't know, man. Nuggets can be one of those teams that could surprise a lot of people um, in the next coming years. I, I don't, I don't want to like talk dynasty or anything else like that, but they have a really good core of guys. So I mean, I agree with you. Getting to like the Western Conference Finals and stuff like that, but the the big question is, can they? sustain the success and continue winning championships. Um, Because, I mean, Joker has won, but how many more does he need to be to get in order to be in the conversation of one of the best big men of all time? Um, Some people are kind of giving him the top five nod already. I'm not there yet, even with the championship. Um, okay, I know you're not even close to being at that point right now. Um, but I mean, again, the, the potential's there. Now, can they sustain it? We'll see. Kay doesn't think so. I think it's possible, but it's very hard to replicate, as we all know in sports. Um, championship success is extremely hard to maintain, even though some teams sometimes make it look like it's easy. It's not. Um, there's a lot of hard work involved in that. So we'll see what happens with uh, with the Nuggets as the time goes on. Um, Bronny's wearing number six at USC. Um Do you think um, do you think he's a one and done? Nah, 
No, I think Bronny will try to make it a point to go uh, finish college. Hmm. I agree with you. I think he should go through the four years or, you know, at least two or three more instead of just one and done. But I think because of the pressure behind LeBron wanting to play with his son will become too great to the point where they'll rush the decision. They'll they'll rest of the decision. He'll be a one and done. Make it to the NBA probably a little earlier than he should have. And he'll fall under the pressure of the hype of being LeBron James' son. Now, I hope that doesn't happen. Because I'm with you. I think he should be there, you know, at USC for at least three years, honestly. At least three. Um. Now, people may look at that as a knock on his talent and everything, but I just don't see – I mean, I'm not denying that he's a good player. I I just don't – I don't know. You you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see him as a one-and-done type of guy. Yeah, he's LeBron James' son, but I don't look at him as – like a generational talent style type player. Um, I think there are actually quite a few players that are better than he is. So I don't, I don't know when it comes to Bronny. I mean, I know LeBron's going to talk up a big game, good marketing genius, everything that he says and does and stuff like that has a point and reasoning to it. But what do you think about Bronny? Uh, Bronny, like, I mean, Jit Nice, Jit Nice, I mean, I personally don't think he, he has to stay. I really don't even think he had to do the one year at USC, to be honest with you, because he don't have the same, like, I, he loves basketball, but personally, I don't know Jit, so I ain't, I'm just going based off of what I see low-key. I feel like he loved basketball, but don't have the same love for basketball like LeBron Sr. Or the same push, because LeBron was trying to help his mom. You know what I'm saying? So his dad basically basically hit a billion dollars with Nike with a lifetime deal. So he really don't have to, you know what I mean? He don't have to who? He just loved basketball and good at it. So how damn that looks exactly like his dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, he nice people to putting all this pressure on him, but he played games and shit too, like professionally. So, I mean, he got like other passions and shit other than just straight basketball. So when people be going on him like that, I'd be just like, like Jet ain't really stressing this shit. Like people bothering him probably, like that shit probably annoying as fuck and all that shit probably to a level I don't even understand because he been dealing with that shit all his life. So, so it's like, yeah. The amount of shit that he's probably gone through. So, yeah, he probably just, you know what I mean? 
that's probably what's going on with him. I mean, to be and I, I think people would kind of like, oh, you're you're just hating on him. You're just I was like, I'm not hating on him. Like, <laughs> but again, I could be wrong. He could be ready. He could be more than capable of, you know, kind of filling those shoes. But those are very big shoes to fill. And, again, I'm still under the impression I think Bryce is going to end up being better. If anybody's going to come close to what LeBron did, it would be Bryce. And... Because, I mean, I've, I've just seen what Bryce has done. Bryce is taller than Bronny. He's still growing. Um, he, did you hear that? Yeah, I heard you. Um, I, mean, I mean, I've been saying that about Bryce going to be better. Just, But the same – at the same time, like both his sons got the complete game of LeBron. Like Bronny, yeah, but LeBron's guard ability. Like Bryce is gonna get it too and shit like that, but he's gonna probably be more of a dominating post type presence or like like a three four. You know what I'm saying? Situation. Bronny gonna be more of the guard version of LeBron. How he passes the ball and his his shot now that he has that he found later in his career. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. three-point shot. Like, Bronny going to have that. The three-point shot and the passing and the handling and the court vision. Yeah. Both, both going to probably have vision, but you know what I'm saying? So Bryce, I think, because what, LeBron, LeBron's what, 6'9"? Yeah. Bryce will end up about 6'10", I think. If not the same size, about 6'9", as LeBron. Um, he'll be that same small forward, power forward style. And he'll be like that all around, like big man type of thing too. Except I, I think Bryce is probably a better scorer than Bronny too. Um, and he's going to have the ability for the rebound game. So the triple double numbers and stuff like that are going to be there. That's why I'm saying I think for Bronny or not for Bronny for Bryce, it's more likely that he gets closer to LeBron's records just based on the intangibles and everything. Because yeah, they both have the same like probably the same overall skill set, being able to pass and score, you know, with in defense and everything else like that. But the addition of Bryce's size is what's going to help elevate that. So here's why I disagree with you. Bronny can score just as at the same clip. He just don't look to do that. Bronny's a pass first player. People keep expecting him to go off like all these kids go off these days, but kids a pass first player. So then that kind of agrees with what I'm saying. Like a better, like Bryce would be a better scorer. No, I'm saying Bronny could score it the same way, but LeBron is a pass-first player. People don't think about that because LeBron got all these damn points. LeBron is a pass-first player.
Is he though? Yes. Yes, LeBron is a pass first guy. He will tell you that shit himself. Should he be? What you mean? I feel like he should be taking over more situations. I mean, people been saying that his whole career because they've been gauging him against Michael Jordan and Kobe. <laughs> the killer like, instinct. No, they just want one guy to ball hog. That's pretty much what it is. It, like they keep sitting here labeling it as killer instinct. It's like, like dog, like. <laughs> it's like they're labeling it killer instinct. Let's call it what it is. The motherfuckers were ball hogs. You know, ball hogs. Oh, but at the same time, sometimes you got to do this shit. Thing is, LeBron expects his teammates to do their damn job, which, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? They expect them to do their job. That's why the man be passing the damn ball and shit like that. <laughs> like, you have, he has moments where he go dunk the ball or he drive and do some shit. But at the same time, he passed the ball. Man, a pass first player. What really passed him by is the hairline. That's what really passed him by. I mean, he, his hairline been gone for a long time. So, man got the plug-ins. So, you know, you got the Glade or Glade. So, here's, my, here's my question to you, okay? If your hairline started falling all the way the fuck back, would you make the effort to kind of color it in to make sure that all of that is and stuff like that good? Or would you just say, fuck it, I'm taking it all out? Say that again. So you got a full head of hair, right? You style it, you know, however it is you want. You can grow it out, do whatever, right? Mm. If your hairline started falling back and Remember, like the thing that saw the all the all patch, bald patch or whatever team had <laughs> KD and everything. So I'm saying at that point, if your hairline is falling so far back that you're pretty much bald and you just got like the size out here, do you still grow out, you know, out here and try to do something with it, or like you know LeBron and and you know some dude doing the the just for men shit, putting it filling it in and all that kind of stuff, or would you? Just say the hell with it. I'm just all zero all around. I mean, personally, those are the type of things I, I don't personally speak on because of my current hair situation. I'm good, so I don't like to speak that into existence. So I don't know. You got to probably ask somebody else that's going through that one. I'm saying me personally, if that happened to me, I would just go one. Okay. Well, I mean, there you I would go. just go one all the way. That's what I would do. I ain't speaking that to existence. I mean, knock on wood and everything like that, but I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> because I feel like, I feel like putting the just for men and like fake, it, it almost looks worse. It's almost like, like a, like a makeshift toupee almost. It's pretty, I don't know. That's just, I, I don't know. I see it, man. Uh, before we move on to the next subject, A7FL, Kate, can you go ahead and read off our message from our friends over at Pop? Uh, 
Uh, all right, before Popo, um, the acceptable way of exchanging information was pretty much either writing it on a piece of paper or just giving someone your phone uh, and typing in said info. Um, as curious entrepreneurs, Popple pretty much uh, figured out a new way to uh, bike going by, so I'm letting him go by. Um, Popple pretty much found a way, uh, you know, to you know bring everything into this century and making it more accessible for what we got going on as today. You know, with technology growing. You know, business has to grow and things have to evolve. So, you know, with the new environment, Popple pretty much has a, a all-in-one platform that bridges uh, the gap between interpersonal connections and relationships that you create online. Read that in the Lexic form, but I'm not really going by the script. So, uh, yeah, guys. So, uh, a huge part of uh, of their culture at Popple is to focus on sustainable solutions that help the environment. Popple uses technology instead of wasteful paper to connect professionals and save forces around the world. <sighs> Goodbye, business cards. Hello, Popple. So being the fact that Popple is a part of the PBP family, we have a promo code for you guys. You type in uh, PBP family to get 20% off uh, at checkout. Um, Popple, we help professionals network better. Hey, I gotta, I gotta give it to you. Good one, sir. It's a good one. I know it was hella last minute when I sent it to you, but I'm trying to get more of these ads into this, uh, into this whole thing. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys have already known and kept up with us uh, this entire time, um. The A7FL is making a shit ton of noise right now. Um, into the playoffs, uh, we've got the Chaos and the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers, um, essentially with a, a, a third round bye week, waiting for the, the champions of the Vegas division and the, um, and the Northeast. Uh, so this weekend... Uh, first game at uh, 1 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, the Baltimore Watchmen versus the U. Asbury Park. Uh, you know, we thought the biggest game of the year was the BIC, BIC versus the U. Well, the biggest game of the year now is, is the U versus the Watchmen. The U lost to the Watchmen uh, for their only loss this year. Um, but there's been that whole circle of of competitiveness that's been going on in the Northeast, so that's going to be a good one. And then after that, yeah, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, the rematch and the battle of the Titans in the uh, Vegas division, the Sick With It and the Insomniacs uh, take on each other there in Vegas. 
I am stupid uh, excited about these games this Sunday. And then after that, it would be two weeks from now for the conference championship games, both which we know with are being held in Ohio. Um, and then after that, it would be another two to three weeks before we're down in Bullhead City, Arizona um, for the A7FL championship and for that weekend. Um, so, Kay, with these games, what are you most excited for? And I know I'm asking you on air. I probably should have asked you off air. But should we even tell them what's going? what we know for sure is going to be happening that weekend? Um, no. No? No. Surprise. Like, you know, some things have to be a surprise, you know. So, um, we got to just keep a secret until the end. Okay. Um, as far as, I mean, the two heavy games right now this weekend, I'm pretty much ready to see, you know. Um, the Patterson U versus, uh, the Baltimore Watchmen, I want to see that. And I want to see the Vegas Insomniac versus the Vegas Sigwood. And I'm ready to see those two games. It's it's For the Insomniac and the Sigwood, I feel like it's going to be tough, especially for the Sigwood. Lavish is out, um, unfortunately. He's recovering now from his, his surgery. Um, so, you know, getting thoughts and everything out to him. Hope for a speedy recovery. Uh, the Insomniacs are looking, you know, as we've talked about with Trey Robinson, uh, they're looking to get it done by the third quarter and go home. Um, the Watchmen in the U, I feel like, is going to be a down-to-the-wire game, another really big uh, down-to-the-wire game. And to be fair, I think the U have a really good shot because I feel like their road, they've been more battle-tested up until this point. Uh, that game against the BIC, another classic added to the chapter of not just the, the rivalry that is the U versus the BIC, but another chapter in you know the growth and development of the A7FL. This is another game where the U need to prove to themselves and to everybody else that, you know, their original loss to the Watchmen was a fluke. Um, but we know how the Watchmen play. We've seen how the Watchmen have played. And they are a team that is out for blood. Um and I feel like if the Watchmen won, uh, I feel like, and, and, and I know Big Rob has said what he said and everything, but you you tell me this, or, or again, correct me if I'm wrong. If no New Jersey team is representing 
in the first ever national championship for the A7FL. I feel like that's a bit of a step back and it would be a blow to the East. Now, I know, again, explain that. that. As in, there's been all of this talk of the best teams are in the East. The best teams are in the East. You know, nobody can compete with them and everything right now. Nobody else is ready for them, everything else like that. Well, to have all that talk and then not be represented in the championship game, that, that to me is one of those, you talked a whole lot of talk, but there wasn't a whole lot of walking. And that shows what we've all talked about, especially with Big Rob. We've talked about it with Matt. We've talked about it with Corey. We've talked about it with pretty much everybody. If the East isn't careful, they're going to get caught. And it's going to be quick before they even recognize it or even know it. So by the time that they do start to get to those interconference play games, we're going to be seeing a whole lot more close games in the East getting beat. So it's one of those things. If you're going to be talking, you need to be representing inside the national championship game. I mean, yes and no. I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying, but no, I don't really fully agree with that because, I mean, look at the position they're in right now. The only two teams that's able to beat a Jersey team right now is a Baltimore super team and a team that has an ex-NFL guy. Yeah. Those are the two teams they they will potentially lose to if they don't make it to the final. And that's so, that, that's, that's kind of what your point right there because they had like you got to think about it. The way they have it set up, it's only one Jersey team can go. It wouldn't be. I mean, obviously, yes, only one Jersey team can go. So my point of saying that is, it's like. If you if they would have lost to a low a lesser uh, tier team, you know what I mean. Then it's like, all right, whatever. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean. They get knocked out, like to a lesser team. You know what I mean. Like, say, not trying to shoot on them, but they didn't have a good record. But like, say, the Orlando team, the Orange or whatever, they made it and they beat them, and they only made it because. They won the most teams. Like, just say say the, the, the night crawls was terrible, too, and it's all of the Florida teams were terrible. Mm. You know what I mean? And then they, the Orange just made it out just because they won one game and they had they actually had a full game. But all the other games were forfeits because teams didn't have enough guys. You know what I mean? So you haven't been proven, you haven't been tested, nor have you gone through the grind. So now you have a higher potential of getting injured. So now say they go into that game and then just beat Patterson you. Then it's like, all right, cool. Like, nah, now I'm with you on your point. You get what I'm saying? But the only teams that's left got an ex-NFL guy <laughs> and a super team. So, I mean, you got to look at it from that perspective. That's probably yeah, – I mean, I'm just not – I'm just not one that it's kind of like if you're going to be saying 
all of the stuff that you've been saying. You got to back it. You can't just be doing that. And then like when it doesn't happen, you just start making excuses of why it didn't of why it didn't happen. It's like, well, no, I thought you were the best no matter what. I thought you were the top teams no matter what happened. And now we're all of a sudden going to start making excuses on why it didn't happen. I'm I'm not really for that, to be honest with you. I understand it, especially if certain situations do take place where that argument could be made. But I don't think this is one of those cases. This is one of those cases of, you have said all year long, no matter what the Vegas, what Vegas, what Ohio, what anybody else does, you are whatever team that comes out of the East is the top team, and they're going to be the toughest to beat, and they're going to be the favorites to win the entire thing. Now it's time to essentially come up with put up or shut up. And the road could have been a little bit easier had you know if you think about it the northeast could have made it easier on themselves if the u took down uh baltimore earlier on in the season because then it would have been the u and bic at one and two having it and then this week we would be talking about the winner of the bic and the u taking on you know the florida team and everything it's it's a better chance but now you're stuck in that mode of you can be knocked out before the even the conference championship game even happens forget not representing in the in the in the ah7fl championship you're not even representing at your own conference so all that talk like if they were to make it to the a7fl championship and then lose I would be like, okay, you know, I wouldn't think much of it. But if you didn't even make the conference championship game with all of that talk that you were talking, uh, I'm going to start having some second questions. I'm going to start having some questions on whether or not you take it serious enough. How, how much do you look down on the other divisions on the other teams to where you just complete, no matter what they do, successful, they can beat your ass in the championship game. I understand what Big Rob was saying. Like, even if they get whooped, you know, with the travel situations and everything. And then again, Derek made a very good point. If that's the case, then they have nobody to blame but themselves. And he's very right about that. He's extremely correct about that. No lies foretold there. So the excuse of, oh, we don't have, you know, all that other kind of stuff. You know, De- you know we had Derek on the show. He made it a point telling all of them, no matter who, they, they told all of the sick-witted, all the insomniacs, you know, anyone that they had within the top four getting there to take or ask for that time off ahead of time. So that they didn't have the problems because obviously we know Derek is taking care of the travel. He is going to make sure that every one of whoever the representatives are after this Insomniacs and Sequita game is going to end up in Ohio so that they have the best chance to represent an A7FL championship. That's the sign of a good man like who's looking at it ahead of time and trying to get it down. Because you can always go back to if you don't make it, you can always go back to your employer and say, hey, I, I don't need the time off after all. 
if that's what you want to do. Or you could still take the time off and go to the championship and actually support the whole fucking league like I've been saying everyone should probably be doing because of the 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 gravity of the situation. Um, but again, I, I, I'm kind of with Derek on this of, you know, the excuses. I'm not for the excuses. If you've been talking the talk all year fucking long, saying what Vegas has been doing with the fall brawl, who cares about the fall, fall brawl and everything else like that? Because we've already talked to Derek. Yeah, they were making fun of the fall brawl, but that was something essential to Vegas's growth as, as a division. And that fall brawl, whether the East wants to see it or not, could be the reason why Vegas ends up pulling it off if they do. Because, you know, like Derek said, that brought the camaraderie. That brought, you know, the whole culture of the division to a front. That helped boost. So that's something, and, you know, it just, I'm not really here for, if they're not worried about it because, you know, they're, oh, well, these are the circumstances. That's why we're not worried. You can go with it all you want. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is you talked all that shit and you couldn't, you couldn't live up to what you talked. You couldn't even get to one of the minimal points, the conference championship games, of what you talked. So it's kind of like, it's it, there. The U is defending the East word at this point. It's all been laid back talk, but honestly, if the East is not being represented, they need to start worrying. They really do because you can get throw out all the excuses that you want to throw out. The fact of the matter is. If you don't pull it out, the East, as much shit as they're talking, will not be featured in the first ever national championship game for the East A7FL in its history. And you want to talk about the creator, the creators of the game, the creators of the sport, all that kind of stuff, and you're not represented in the first ever? That's a blow. That's a blow. I, I look at that as that's a blow to the ego. And to the word, because at that point, everyone else is going to look at that going, oh, yeah, they're not as they're not as immortal as we thought they were. We put them on the pedestal for far too long. It's time for us to actually step up and, and handle it. And, you know, that's like those old sayings, as soon as you can make a God bleed. You bring hope. To everybody else. And if that's what happens, uh, the, the East is in trouble. That's all I'm saying. The East is in trouble if they fuck around and, and let let a Vegas team or Ohio team or a Florida team or a Baltimore team or whatever take them out and claim the throne. That's a blow to them, I think. Any thoughts counteracting that, or are we kind of in agreement on the on the thought process there? No, I don't agree with you, but I mean, <laughs> no, 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 you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's all of it. I just don't agree with it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I look at it like DRC came in late in the season. He wasn't there from the tip, right? 
That's a late add-on, last second add-on. It's almost like we got to make an adjustment because if we don't, we're gonna not, we're not gonna have a chance. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore. Most of those players already played in the A7FL anyway, so I wouldn't necessarily add Baltimore into that mix of you know what I mean. Those teams because that's still a a team that's a part of that because Baltimore has been a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I mean, I don't really agree, but I don't really have a long soliloquy to just go on about it. <laughs> I mean, so, like, it, it, is it not a – like, how – I don't know how you don't think it would be. Like, I, I don't know how it's not one of those. Like. Like, for me, if I look. Being who I who I am and knowing who I was when I was on the field. If I was hearing that the opposing team that we were going to be playing has been talking all the shit in the world, all big and bad about how they're the greatest, they're the best team, nobody can stick with them, nobody can beat them, and everything else like that, and we go out there and we beat their ass, I'm sorry, there's no excuse that they can throw. I'm still going to be like, no, nah, we fucked you up. Next time, shut your mouth and let's do be about the action instead of talking. And we've talked about it. even Big Rob has said that the football gods always come back. Football gods don't fucking like ugly. They don't. They will make you suffer if you fuck around. And I think that's what's happening right now. The East is fucking around with it, not taking it as seriously as they should. And they may find out. I. I I, I, again, I wouldn't give them no type of excuse. No, and I know you wouldn't either. I know you would be in the face of any, but like if you were beating the shit out of any team and you knew that they were talking all the mess, cake, you cannot tell me you wouldn't be talking to them. I mean, talk a part of football. I talk shit if I'm losing. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Talk is a part of football. Everybody gonna talk shit. They gonna talk like. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at it like this, like the new guy at work, nobody wants to train. Go on. These are new teams, new divisions, new shit like that. They're trying to get into the, well, they're in it, but I'm saying as far as become a household name, it's in the A7FL and shit like that. They're not going to take them serious to actually do something. So, but when they do, is it not like a surprise, or it's kind of like a oh, hey, good job, you finally caught up? I mean, yeah, if they if they actually win, yeah, if the refs win the game for them, nobody's gonna respect that. That's true. So, it, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think the A seven NFL has had that problem though. I mean, I, I think the refs in the A seven NFL are, are, are pretty good on the left and play. BIC Patterson game came down to a judgment call. That was a close one, though. That's not something like that was an obvious call, though. Yes, yeah, it could be close or whatever, but it still came down to a judgment call. Yeah, but that 
but making a good what they did was a good judgment call i think it wasn't one of those that oh like it was an obvious thing that the ref fucked up no, like I'm if it was obvious that moon didn't make it and they still gave it to him then yeah we'd be like oh the refs took their you know no put the game in their hands but i don't I'm think that's the case with a bad thing i'm saying if you lead a game into the ref's hands it's gonna be a it's gonna be always a sliver of doubt if you beat somebody ass, ain't nobody gonna be saying shit. <laughs> like, well, then again, like every coach, like every head coach has ever told their team, or every smart head coach has ever told told their team, do not leave it in the hands of the refs. Don't leave it in the hands of the refs, because as soon as you do, that's where you can end up fucking up. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't think the A7FL refs are like, and, and again. I'm only seeing what I'm seeing on the field, and from what I see, it's there's a lot of. I mean, yeah, there's penalties and stuff like that that happen that get thrown and stuff, but it's not egregious and like game. I mean, some of it's game changing, especially if it's obvious calls. But I feel like they get a whole lot more right than they do wrong, and they let more go. I, I that's just. I mean, from what I've seen of the refing, I think the refing has been pretty good. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's been bad officiating at all. I'm just saying, can't lead a game in the hands of the rest because there's going to always be some doubt. It's always going to be something. Somebody's going to have something to say. So it's always going to be shit talking. So that, I really don't feel like that's, for me, a barometer would be like something like that. Because, like I said, all the other leagues are new. Which, it makes sense why Derek's making this push to make sure everybody gets to Ohio. Because once you, the only thing you really got to stress is Ohio. Everybody could drive their goddamn self to fucking Arizona. Yeah. So yeah, he only got to make one contribution. And then after that, everybody's pretty much on their own after that. Because he's trying to make a statement for his league's growth. For his division's growth. You get what I'm saying? So, so the people that are watching on TV or watch it on YouTube or watch it wherever, overseas or whatever the fuck, <clears throat> say this, right? You get a guy from one of those teams that have a, a EFL team, right? He's over there in his country. He's watching the A7FL on the zone. This guy gets a job and he end up moving to Vegas. And because of because of what Derek did and showing the growth in his league, that guy understands where he can play ball at, at least in that capacity. And that would, you know what I mean? That gives that someone, you know, a good look on that shit. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's just a whole bunch of different things. I don't want to give them a whole sauce away. That's kind of why I started chopping it up on the back end. I mean, I just look at because, like, you know, again, Derek has has it's obvious that he's 100% all in on this and he's got something to prove. He wants to prove that they belong. And, you know, he even said on the show the last time that we had him on that even, even they surprised him at first. He thought that, you know, it wasn't, you know, he hated the idea to, to now that he looks at it, you know, even he was proven wrong, you know, so when I hear Derek saying, I trust that because he was very, you know, much the realistic 
side, especially being in in Vegas, saying, you know, the needs and everything that needed to go down for them to be successful. But they've exceeded expectations. And he now, like, there is a real chance that Vegas could be hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. You know, ahead of the expectations of everybody. And, you know, and I think Big Rob has kind of changed his tune a little bit. I mean, I know he's a big backer of the East. He's a big backer of, you know, all of them. I I get that. I understand that. There's a loyalty there to it. But even he's seen with the, you know, with the force, with the sick with it, with the insomniacs, the games that he's seen and that he's called, he's been impressed. He likes what he sees. You know, so it's, it's one of those going, all right. You know, and 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 again, this is one of those things that's going to bring it all, bring it all to a head. And I think it would be good for the league, honestly, a Vegas one, because then it would bring more divisions going. Like, hey, see, we can be a startup league and be successful too. You know, instead of looking at it going like, oh, for the next five to ten oh, years, God. the East is going to be fucking taking home the championship while everybody's learning. I'm confused because I could have sworn you just said if an East team don't win, the league goes in reverse. I could have sworn you said that. What do you mean it goes in reverse? As far as it's taking a step back. Isn't that what your point was? That if an East team don't win, that the league takes a step back? No, 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 no. The East, like themselves as a division and stuff like that, kind of takes a step back. All right, cool, because I could have sworn you said league several times. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I meant for the East, for that division. Gotcha. They, they right. take a step back if all that goes down. Like, am I tripping over here? <laughs> That's why I had to ask. I, was no, no. I mean, I'm talking about the East, saying like the East would take a step back and it would, right. and they would have to be like, well, fuck. You know, we, we're going to need to, you know, step it up. Um, you know, but it, it's. You know, it, it, it's going to be one of those things that they need to. And I think that you, the U is more than capable of beating the Watchmen. I think they're capable of beating Florida. They're a very good sound team. Um, but anything can happen. Anything can happen in the football world. That's why we love the sports so much. Um, if you guys want to catch all of the A7FL action, you guys can go to a7fl.tv or go to a7fl.com. Um, if you want tickets to the A7FL Championship, you go to a7fl.com slash championship and use the code A7FL early to get 20 per, 20% off of your tickets. Um, and that goes towards everything for the weekend and stuff as well. So if you guys want to check out the esports tournaments, the uh, the combine, if you want to participate in the combine, which we will be doing. We've said that plenty of times in the show. We will be participating in that combine. Um, so if you're a player, an athlete out there that wanna wants to showcase your skills, by all means go to a7fl.com and register for that combine to get yourself looked at for um the coaches uh and scouts and stuff that are going to be there. It is confirmed that a lot of scouts from teams uh in all all aspects of professional football, we're talking, you know, XFL, NFL, you know, uh, USFL, Canadian League. Like, there's going to be scouts there. Um, so if you want to go out there and showcase your talent, 
go register. It's a, uh, I think it's a sixty-five or seventy-five dollar. I think it's a sixty-five dollar entry fee um, for the combine, and it Just is for hundred dollars. <laughs> Just bring a hundred dollars to be safe, because then if it's sixty-five, you got some money for food. <laughs> something there. Um, but again, uh, if you want just tickets to be able to see all the action again, there's going to be esports tournaments. Uh, there's a flag football uh, championship that's going to happen that weekend. There's an indoor league football game that's going to be happening that weekend. There's so many, uh, dude. I'm so excited for for that weekend. There's so much shit that's going to be going down. That's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, so yes, everybody get down a7fl.com slash championship and use the promo code a7fl early for 20% off of your order, um, to watch, uh, the playoffs and everything this, uh, coming Sunday, uh, you can watch on DAZN at a7fl.tv, or you can catch it on YouTube at a7fl, um, the Insomniacs versus the Sick with it. The Watchmen versus the U. Uh, the winner of the Watchmen versus the U takes on the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers. And the winner of the Insomniacs and Sick with it go and take on the Sin City Chaos. And then obviously the winners of those two conference championship games will be in uh, Bullhead City, Arizona. Um, on July 23rd. So again, get your tickets now. Get to the combine if you're a player and want to get looked at. Um, it's going to be a great weekend. You guys are definitely going to want to be there for the festivities. It is confirmed. All three of us uh, from the All Pro Joppos, myself, Country K, and the uh, greatest DJ in the applause. entire world. Applause. Hit the applause button. What? Hit the applause button. Applause button? Yeah, to announce what you're announcing right now. Oh, I was going to do it at... Okay, I had a whole flow into this, man. Oh, I didn't know. My bad. Hey, look. <laughs> it was as shit. I'm like, yo. <laughs> all, all th- okay, so... Okay, all three of us are going to be there. <laughs> Myself... Country K and the greatest DJ in the entire world, Mr. DJ Madsticks. Nobody tells DJ Request what to play. Will be there that weekend. And um, as far as my understanding, DJ Madsticks will be in action that weekend as well. Um, so you're definitely going to want to be there uh, to catch all of that. It's going to be an absolute. Huge, huge weekend, um, and you guys are not going to want to miss it. If you guys want to catch the A7FL Championship game, go ahead and do that on July 23rd if you want to be part of all the festivities, and um, you can go ahead and get the weekend tickets. If you want to participate in all of the – in one of the events, either the eSports events, again, the Combine, you know, anything else like that, all the uh, tournaments that are going to be going on that weekend, go and register, A7FL.com. Uh, forward slash championship. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you guys again uh, for hanging out with us uh, on this lovely Friday evening. Um, it's going to be a big weekend. You guys don't miss any of the action. We appreciate you. 
we got more stuff coming stay tuned for the rest of this week there's a lot of stuff that's going to be dropping for myself jp for the 610 beast from the southeast mr country Fed. we will see you guys next time Peace.